This is the Family Culture Project, episode 33, What Worked and Didn't Work for Us in 2018. We're Carl and Kimberly Amici, and we're here to help you to live a life of purpose with the ones you love. And become the family you were meant to be. This is the time when many of us set goals and identify the rhythms and habits we want to cultivate in the upcoming year. This process starts off with assessing where we're at as a family, identifying the areas where we had success, and acknowledging the places where we tried something, but it didn't work out quite the way we planned. Not only does it help us move in the direction we want to go, but it allows us to celebrate our successes, mourn our losses, and learn lessons from it all. Today, we will be sharing what worked and what didn't work for us when it comes to family culture. One of the things that I wanted to do in 2018 was read more with my kids. Specifically, I wanted to read books with my kids that was going to teach them what we needed them to know in the upcoming seasons. Our daughters are teenagers now, and there's lots of things that they're encountering, such as friendship drama and boy trouble and balancing academics and sports. And while there's a lot of stuff I know, I don't know everything. And I wanted to be able to find books that would help equip our girls in these areas from a biblical perspective. For me, it was about on purpose teaching them what they needed to know to navigate these years. And uh, when they were younger, I could wait until things came up and they expressed their concerns to me or they asked me questions. But if you have a teenager, you know that that sort of stops happening. If you don't have an established relationship of vulnerability and comfort with one another. And I think even in the best of relationships, I don't know that, you know, maybe as your kids get older, that they're always telling you everything that's going on in school. And so I wanted to be able to be um, proactive instead of reactive. I didn't want to wait for the conversations to happen. And so for me, it was really important to me that we start reading with our girls and having conversations around the things that they were going to encounter. It really, honestly, it wasn't until the end of the year that I really started to establish this rhythm, but I chose the books that we were going to read, and I picked a day of the week where we would sit down and we would read it together. So for us, it became Sunday because it was the kind of day where, you know, nobody had any sports commitments, nobody had any homework, or at least at that point, I hoped that they didn't have any homework left to do. And I said, we're going to do this. And you know, honestly, the first two, maybe three times we did it, the kids, the girls were super resistant. They were like, why do we have to read this? I don't want to talk about this. Like, why are you doing this to us? <laughs> I mean, they were like, none of my other friends have to do this. Um, but I stuck with it because I was like, this is important to me. And this is something that I want to do. And so I would say by week three, they were sort of like, all right, let's just get this over with, you know, by week four and even five, I was seeing less and less resistance. And then I would say like the most recent time we did it, they were like, all right, let's get it. I mean, they, they still have a little bit of this, let's get it over with attitude, but I see that they're paying attention and I see that they're engaging and they're even starting to ask me questions up until the point where they realize <laughs> they're doing it. And then they're like, wait a minute, <laughs> but they are listening and they're reading and we, what we do is we sit in the living room and we take turns reading two to three pages and I continually tell them, I said, this is something that we're doing. I'm committed to doing this and if you want this to go quick, then let's just 
you know, do it, stop complaining and let's do it. And so that for me has been a huge success because number one, I made the time. Number two, I didn't give up when I was met with resistance, which is something that I've done in the past. Oh yeah. No, I mean the, the, I think the consistency there and, and this really ties in with the family values because we spend a lot of time going to lunches with the kids, creating those relationships with the kids. So even though these times are still awkward because you're talking about awkward topics for them, um, having that trust level, building that trust level, sticking with it. On that topic, or kind of on that topic, I wanted to talk about one of our, my successes with um, the use of Audible and also um, the library app that enables you, enables you to listen to books on audio. Audio books um, have been a great thing for me and Aaron this year because we've been utilizing it in the car, going to soccer practice back and forth, and getting through books that are really in the same vein as what you're you're reading with the girls, um, life lessons, things that um, things that I want Aaron, I want really all of our kids to learn early in life rather than learning it the hard way later in life or le- learning it through experiences. That time has really been a great bonding time for us because these books that we've been reading together, he really gets excited about we were able to not only pause the book when he has questions and and start talking through talking through things but at the end i ask him to summarize what did you know what did he think about the book how did he um how did it impact him what kind of things did he get out of it it's been quite quite amazing because it's just this dedicated time with him and i together it it really helps us make a a stronger connection there our journey with reading and with the kids is a perfect example of number one, how when something's important to you, you schedule it. Or number two, you look for opportunities that aren't being used to incorporate it, right? So, you know, there, yeah, we, we live busy lives and if we're not putting it on our calendar, it's not gonna happen. But also there's lots of wasted time that I don't think we realize. And that's a perfect example of how we've taken time that could have been just wasted and could be just, not fruitful and really not only made it useful, but we have made it fun. So another thing that worked really well this past year for us um, was a personal victory, but it really did have to do with family culture. So last year, before the school year was over, I worked with a good friend of mine who also had a podcast to create a lot of the episodes that you heard over the summer. My goal was to have everything done by the time school was over so that I could be available to my kids to spend time with them, to go on day trips, to go to the pool with them, to just do whatever it is that came our way in those summer months. We were able to do that. It was a a tough two months. I really had to um, guard my time, commit to working, commit to doing the things that needed to be done, keeping promises to myself and sticking to my to-do list in order to have the content that we wanted to create for you guys ready to go in the summer. And so it's not that I took the summer off because I was still working, I was still writing, I was still on social media, but to have the bulk of my work done before we went into the summer was fantastic for me as a person to push myself and challenge myself but it was also really great for our family because what was important to us was that I be available to the kids that I would you know not kind of keep them busy all summer so that I could just get something done so I could get something done off my to-do list so I could just get something recorded or if I could just get something written and I've done that for summers in the past and and I've regretted it and I've looked back and thought, oh my gosh, with just a little bit of extra work, I can really set myself up for success. And 
and I was able to do that. And I think that our family greatly benefited from it. I was able to um, spend a lot of one-on-one time with my kids. If, you know, the other kids were in camp or if the other kids had playdates, I was able to lay aside some of the things that would have normally kept me back from spending time with them and really invest in them, get to know them, talk to them and spend time with them. Yeah, I think it was um, my observation on your ability to have a much more pleasant summer, um, I think was a direct result of that. And I think that included with with Ava, since she was taking um, a class over the summer, just the discipline around what you were doing um, and, and that you were to be able to spend that time with her, getting her into a routine. Mm-hmm. She was able to successfully get up early, believe it or not, right? You know, a 14-year-old, 15-year-old getting up early every day to take and study the class on her own mm-hmm. and, and get through that and successfully um, passing that at the end of the year was a good, great accomplishment for her. But I think you having some of that freedom in your in your mind and just in your, your calendar, uh, you know, helped enable that success in, in, mm-hmm. a, in a way that just made it pleasant. Mm-hmm. And I was also able to identify that time as an opportunity for me to not only sit side by side, next to her at a Starbucks while she's getting her work done because she needed that support. But I was able to get work done, like do some of the things that I needed to do in those early morning hours while she was working. So that freed our day up. So it took, it took discipline and it took um, planning and it feels really good to come out the back end of that and be able to say, wow, like I stuck to the plan and it really did produce something great. So one of the other things I think worked really well this year, or at least it, it worked well once we started it in earnest this year. We got year. back to it. <laughs> I think we <laughs> took a little bit of break from it the, over the summer. Was the cash envelope system. Um, I'm, I'm an initially resistant of cash. When you pay things electronically, it's harder to manage your budget, meaning that you more than likely overspend because you're not doing the math in your head. And then when you see the math come in your statement at the end of the month, you're like, oops, you know, I spent a little bit too much. And we were doing that for several months in the beginning of the year. And I think we just got a little bit over carried away. And getting back to the cash envelope system and being diligent on the categories, what we could spend where, really helped us manage our finances better, be more better stewards over our money, which is important to us. Um, And it shows, I think, a good lesson for the kids as well in coming up with creative ways to do what we want to do. I mean, we've done a lot of work to teach our kids about how to manage money, but now they're old enough to really see how we spend our money. They're old enough to see that if we go out for every purchase that it's paid for with the credit card, they're old enough to notice whether we're staying, we're doing what we say should be done or if we're just talking. And and so for us, that was a real big win in family culture because our kids' language now revolves around like, oh, what's in this week's budget? Should we do it this week or should we wait till next week after daddy gets paid? Like the conversation has changed, the language has changed and um, they're, they really have a grasp on like what it takes to pay for things, what it takes to earn money, how that all works. And I think it's important to us as a family, but it's also important individually to our kids as they're getting older. One of the things that we have incorporated with our children is giving them depending on their age, certain amounts of money to manage that they have practiced managing that money before they leave our home. Incorporating those cash envelopes has really been beneficial for our oldest daughter, Ava, to see because she's given, and we can do a whole episode on like money management and and teaching our kids um, the values that we 
hold around money and how we pass that down to them. But one of the things we do is our daughter, Ava, who's the oldest, she gets all the money that she will need to spend in a calendar year at the beginning of the year. And it's her responsibility to go to her ATM machine once a month and take that money out, take that cash out and put it in her cash envelopes. We knew not only was it important to us to save money, but we knew that that was the time that she really needed to see that in our lives. She needed to see us walking that out. I think it was a win for us as a family, but I also think it will continue to be a win for our kids because they're going to be taking what they've learned, what they see us doing, and they're going to be applying it individually as they get older. It's a great lesson to learn for the kids and and them seeing Ava be able to do it and manage it Mm -hmm. will give them confidence in their abilities to do it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then them seeing us do it with our budget, I think really just ties it all in. Yeah. Do you want to know what your loved ones really think of you? A family retreat is a fun way to connect with one another and get honest feedback on how you are doing as a family. Our family retreat is one of the things that we look forward to each year. Be sure to type in the, T-H-E, familycultureproject.com forward slash shop to get your copy. So let's move on to what didn't work for us because, I mean, we've told you before, family culture is not about perfect. We are not perfect and we definitely don't get things right. And so there are a few things that we didn't get right this year in family culture, but we have committed to to looking at this as an opportunity to learn, to grow, to tweak what we're doing not look at them as failures, but look at them about as part of the process. Yeah, this is the hardest part of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's always hard to look back at what you didn't do right and what you could do better. But I guess the real takeaway here is not beating yourself up about it, but just taking it and figuring out what you could have done better and looking to do that the next year. Again, it's not about perfect. It's about purpose. Um, and you can feel better about making mistakes Um, if you're you're really following your purpose. So one of the things that I think didn't work for us was family travel. And I hesitate to even say this because we did take an awesome trip together in the summer and we have done some traveling to see friends. And so I I would not say that it's something that was a failure or that absolutely didn't work for us, but there was day trips that we didn't take that I was hoping we'd take. There was pockets of time that we definitely could have utilized for family time that we didn't. For example, there's days when the kids have off school and Carl, you're working and it's great to kind of like sleep in and lounge around in our pajamas. But what I really wanted to do with those days is find a local museum, find sculpture gardens, figure out day trips. There are things that I wanted to do with the kids that I just didn't make a priority. Our kids are very involved with sports and extracurricular activities and even volunteer opportunities. And every once in a while, we'd get a weekend where we had nothing scheduled. And again, I think there's something to be said for taking those times to just relax. But we found ourselves sometimes in the middle of a weekend going, oh my gosh, I can't believe that we didn't realize that this would have been the perfect opportunity to go see grandma or the perfect opportunity to go into the city or the perfect opportunity. You know, like these were the days that we were saying, oh, I wish we had more time to do X, Y, and Z. And then we, we would find ourselves in the midst of one of those weekends yeah. and we'd be like, oh my gosh, this would have been perfect. And so whether it was a day that I had when the kids were off school or a weekend where we were in between sports seasons or miraculously something wasn't on the calendar and we had all the kids free, Those are the days I want to be better at identifying in the future and doing something with. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, there's a couple of those things that you had on your list that I thought would really be fun to do, but we just got into that mode a couple times and, and we just kind of missed the opportunity by probably just an hour or two or three. It was just mm-hmm. been too late to get there and, and mm-hmm. experience what we needed to experience. But then you're kicking yourself in the butt because, oh, we could have gone there. Mm-hmm. We could have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just a tweak on our preparation time and how we think about that in our family business meetings um, that can probably help improve that. Mm-hmm. I think similar to this um, topic is is one thing where I think we, we can address this in our family business meetings as well as being more purposeful about times um, such as on Sundays after church um, when we really don't have anything going on major or even if we have one sporting event, we're actually free in the afternoon is spending that time with what I call kind of new families or families that we want to just to get to know more and deeper and just having them over the house, you know, cooking a nice meal for them, um, inviting them over the house and be more purposeful. You know, I think we're great with community and, and living life with community. We talk a lot about, about, about that, but there's, I think a little bit more that we could do there. Um, and we spoke about a, a several different families to have over just just getting them on the calendar mm-hmm. early, mm-hmm. figuring out who's available two weeks before we we know you know we, we know it and get it on get it on the calendar, and um, and because sometimes last minute doesn't work for everybody. We're great with last minute, but not everybody can do last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we can do a little that a little bit more consistently next year, um, that's what I'm that's what I'm shooting for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know we keep talking about like doing more, um, but it's. Like I said, it's not always about doing more. And so in this, at the same time where I want to start scheduling things and being proactive, I do want to be able to rest more. And when I'm talking about rest, I'm talking about taking intentional time to have a Sabbath or do things that um, recharge us, renew us. Um, you know, for a long time, I was doing my Sabbath on a Friday. So the kids would know that when they came home from school on Friday that all, you know, there was no chores that had to be done. We could sit around and we could play games. We could watch TV. They typically didn't have homework. We could order in. We could, we, we really were, were protecting that time as a time to just let our hair down and relax and enjoy each other's company without an agenda and without something to do. And I haven't completely done away with my Sabbath practice, but I see we're like a little bit over time that busyness has eaten in. And for me, it's something that I personally need to get back to, but it's also something that affects our family. I want our kids to know that they can have fun, that they can do things with intention, but then they can also rest with intention. They can also carve out times where like nothing's expected of them and they just get to relax and they just get to, to try new things and discover what makes them happy. And, um, where there's, there's no pressure, no pressure to perform. And so, you know, I want that for my children and I want them to know how to balance rest and productivity. I want them to know how to um, balance, you know, trusting God with their time and with the things that they need to do, but also to work hard towards what they've been given to Stuart. And so I think it's important for us personally. So it was an area that I don't think I was super successful in that I definitely want to bring back in 2019. But again, just like the money, what we do will trickle down to them. And if I want to see that in my family culture, it's something that I have to be more consistent of. And I have to also let the kids know what we're doing and explain to to them why we're doing it so that they can understand why it's important. Yeah, I agree on that one. The Sabbath is something that is biblical and it's there for a reason. We don't consistently take the time that we should. Um, and it, And when we do it, you can see the you can see that it has a positive impact. 
So despite the fact that we're saying fit more in (laughs) and fit more in, fit more in, but we're also saying fit more rest in. So that's always the challenge. And that leads us to one of the other things that didn't work that well, which is a couple home projects that we wanted to do that we really didn't get to do last year, which was the locker room in the basement. I would say the photo albums, which has been on your list forever. <laughs> the, the the podcast room that we're in right now and making it a little bit more cozy than it is. And just just trying to make priority for those things with within a budget, right, to get those done. But making some improvements in those areas. And of course, that really speaks to family culture as well, because these are all things that kind of improve the experience in in the home. We feel that that is important. So those are just a couple other things. Yeah. And you know, this it's a classic case of not scheduling it. But also, I think my hesitation to start any of these projects was I felt like it all fell on my shoulders. But in reality, it's perfect opportunity for me to get the kids involved and to make an experience fun. Because if our kids feel like they are a part of something bigger than themselves, if they feel like they're a part of making our house a home, if they're involved with creating spaces in our home that are useful, then it just cements their value and worth as a part of our family. It reminds them that they are, that they matter and that their help makes our experience you know, what we want it to be. And so not only is it just about scheduling, but it's about, um, you know, using that as an opportunity to just continue to pull our kids into our experience and what we create for ourselves. That's a great idea because I think you guys can do that all along. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, one more thing that I do want to mention is that, um, you know, even the things that we got right, or even the things that worked, rather, is what I should say, the things that worked for us and the things that didn't work for us. Um, Each of those decisions that we made, and and every time we did something, um, we had to choose our values and what our family, what we wanted our family to be known for over the things that were easy. And so there was a couple areas this time where we definitely had conversations as we were deciding whether or not we would do something that said, okay, so what does our family stand for? What are our values? And this decision, what what decision are we going to make based on that? So like, for example, um, one of the things that I really wanted was a ping pong table in the garage. Now we did have big visions of cleaning out the garage and making like the perfect space for the table. (laughs) It's kind of good. That did not happen in the spring. The spring came and went, but then in September, our son came across a ping pong table that was free. And so he came home and he said, they put our name on it. They saved it for us. Mom, we have to go pick up this ping ping pong table. And you know, part of me was like, we're not ready for it. We didn't do what it took to clean out the garage. You said, don't we have enough stuff? <laughs> we're having a garage sale to get rid of our stuff. Why are we bringing this to our house? Um, but we had to, we paused for a moment and I literally said, well, we love games. We love games. We think it is like the best way to connect people, you know, especially like parents with kids and grandparents with kids. And we just it's you know neighbors it's a perfect excuse to have people over like games matter to us as a family and so this is a game that I want I know it's a game you know it lines up with our values like let's just do it and I have to say one night when I was in my room and you and Aaron went out at 10 o'clock one night and it wasn't a school night you guys went outside and I saw you at 10 o'clock at night in the garage playing ping pong together I was able to say yes this is why we did it 
Like yeah. it paid off. It wasn't perfect, but it wasn't, you know, and it was definitely something we could make another excuse for why we didn't need. But our values definitely drove us in the direction of saying, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, I've totally enjoyed it because I've been winning. <laughs> I've been winning every game. So, you know, it's been really fun for me. <laughs> a little frustrating for Aaron, but a little fun for me. Yeah, definitely. I think family culture is a success as we continue to have those conversations, as we continue to identify our values and continue to make decisions based on that, even when it's not necessarily the easiest decision. In closing this episode, we want to encourage you, if you haven't already, to look back at 2018 and identify the things that worked for you and the things that didn't. Consider what you can duplicate and what you can do differently in your family this upcoming year. If you've been enjoying the show, we'd like to ask you for a favor. Would you be willing to leave a short review in iTunes? We're passionate about helping families thrive, and reviews help families find us. We really appreciate your support. Remember, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose. To learn more about the Family Culture Project, go to thefamilycultureproject.com.